Hello and welcome to episode 990 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and we're here to answer your very favourite role-playing game questions. Hello, it's Christmas. Hello, it is very nearly Christmas. It's so nearly Christmas. Now, this isn't going to be our official Christmas episode, no. because we forgot to ask you to ask Christmas questions, and also we're going to have an episode coming out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Where you uh, legally. Be, there will be an audible amount of tinsel on my end. It's, 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 you're going to put it in your mouth and then yep. speak through it. I'm going to mumble and there's going to be nothing but rustling. It's going to be try, awful. I'm, I'm trying to imagine the like the visceral unpleasantness of trying to swallow tinsel. Well, imagine trying to chew tinfoil. Well, it's not quite as gritty as tinfoil. No, but it's, that, it's, that same, it's that same difficulty. Yeah, it's more plastic. It just, it just seems a bit... It, I, don't, I wouldn't ever worry about cutting myself on tinsel on the outside of my body. No, that's true. But the innards. Put in your tenet innards. Mm. Anyway, it's Christmas, and we're going to be shitting festive for a month. <laughs> we are. It's just going to come out as like wine. You'll be able. You'll be able to pull out like one one from the back and one from the front and floss, Chris. <laughs> that is horrendous, and I'm sorry. It, I said it, it is. It is. And considering that I am somehow magically still sick. That's mm. going to be awful for everyone. I think you're magically still sick because you your body is a trash fire. That's not true. I have a very robust immune system. What? Because you don't go outdoors. Yeah. 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 That's probably it. You don't like you don't you you, you occasionally you walk into a field, but you don't really come into contact with other humans very often. No, which which means that when I go to a convention. Which is just roiling with humans. Oh yeah, you're still sick from dragon meat. Aren't I'm you? still sick from dragon meat. <laughs> <laughs> I think my my body more has a robust immune system. Like Hadrian had a wall. Oh okay, like more it just, of a, it's it just it just keeps certain people out. Yeah, it's 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 an icon certainly. Yeah, we we are Christmas. Chris is very festive. He's a very festive boy. I am. I myself. Uh, this year, it's my it's my thirty second Christmas, coming up, and um, I, I, as many years past the age of about eight, I've spent a long time this year thinking, could I just not do Christmas this year? No, could I just cannot. opt out of it? Because what like what it would be nice, but also a real dick move to be like, oh no 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 no, we don't do Christmas. Oh. Whenever anyone tries to give me a gift, oh no no thank you, please give it to charity. Oh, I don't think I could talk to you anymore. That's the thing. Like, I still want to have Chris over and have turkey and bacon and buy him a thing and have him buy me a thing because we care about each other and understand each other. So what you're saying is you don't care about anybody else? Well, okay, look. I'm going to try and buy... <laughs> I, look, okay. No. <laughs> now, I'm going to try and buy a gift for my seven-year-old nephew. And I haven't a fucking clue what he wants. V-Bucks. He like V-Bucks. Is that a... What's that? that for? That's a Fortnite thing. Fortnite thing. You can he... just assume that anybody <laughs> under the age of 12 fucking loves Fortnite. He's too young for Fortnite. That is not true. I've seen well, babies play that game. That's that true. Just, just, just rolling around on the mouse. Well, it's, it's a touchscreen game as well. It's on your oh, phone. Of course, yeah. So you can just no, mash he, your face into it. Uh, like As far as computer games go, he's mainly into free browser games and whatever they still have on the Wii. Like, they have an original Wii console. Wow. Which I feel is like, it's kind of, that's that's kind of sad. That's child abuse. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but he, so so he, he enjoys playing 
uh, Lego Star Wars on the Wii, which I really think I like. I can't afford to get him like a Switch, but I, <laughs> I feel that should be there. Anyway, I've got to try and work out what the hell to get him, and I he he doesn't have like some dislikes aside from sweets. And I can't <laughs> just get him a bag of sweets. Could you get him a voucher for sweets? Do they do those? No, no one has sweet vouchers. Well, they do, but they're like really upmarket, like yeah. three hundred pound bars of chocolate. I, I guess a tenner with sweets written on it. <laughs> I kind of like that. But his mother is uh, vegan, gluten free, yoga, um, all very you know um, oh. healthy living sort of thing, and I, I'm I'm quite fond of her. But it does mean that my my imagined gifts of Nerf guns and sugar probably wouldn't go down too well. Sounds like what he needs is just a long distance bus ticket. <laughs> I mean, that sounds more fun. Like legit, his the main thing that that he likes doing is balancing on unstable objects. That's not a hobby. Well, that's what he does most of the time when I'm around there. Like he'll balance off sofas or like rocking chairs, or he'll stand on one leg on some sort of spherical object until he falls over. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I can get him some sort of hard to balance on surface, <laughs> like a knife. What? That's that's too hard. I was, I was thinking one of those sort of like, do you remember, do you remember those mondo bounce? The fellas? balls with a circle around it, like looks, yes. looks like satin. A hoppin' ball. Hoppin' ball. Get more. What, what were they for? Like pogo sticks, but for children who didn't want to fall over. <laughs> there were pogo sticks for for kids who only wanted to bounce once. <laughs> <laughs> like you got? Did you strap your feet in? No. How did you how did you stay on it? You didn't. That's what I mean. Like you balanced for a bit and then you did one mini hop which was slightly lower than normal jumps. One hop this time. And then you were done. That sounds terrible. Get a space hopper. That's the business. Those, he's got one of those. Those are fun. He's, he's he's got one and he's not allowed to use it in the house, which does not stop him from using it in the house. Well, obviously. Because you see it's balancing on something unwieldy until he falls off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got the boy a pool, like a hermit pool. Yeah. Um, any suggestions for what I should get my seven-year-old nephew? Please do write in. Yes. However, we have some non-Christmas-themed questions. We do. None of these are Christmas-themed at all. We could play Christmas music over them, I guess, but that wouldn't help. It'd have to be copyright-free Christmas music, so like, like generic jingling. <laughs> it's just you with a set of bells. I'll just see whatever's on. I'll just type Christmas into, into Incompetech. <laughs> and then forget to credit them. Give me, oh yeah, forget. Give me a question, eh? Okay. Prumble asks. Prumble. I GM'd a D&D 5e free-for-all fight similar to what Chris said he used to run. I enjoyed it immensely, but the players didn't enjoy it so much. How can I make it more satisfying for the players? Fantastic prizes. Big trophy. That's what you want. A VCR. Ooh, <laughs> a TV VCR. A toaster. Yeah, a trip to somewhere. Butlins. Levels for their characters. That kind of works. Like, no, you, seriously, you can you can just nip down like a key cutting place and oh, get right, a trophy yeah. for a fiver. Like it'll it'll have somebody doing golf on the top, but just slap some paint on it, make it look a bit like a sword. Yeah, well, like, um, talk to anyone who plays Warhammer, and they'll have a spare sword. Yeah. Clip off the uh, clip off the golf the golf. <laughs> Stick club, and uh, put a sword in place. Yeah, I could be fun. I think I think that fundamentally, it's the 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 action of playing Dungeons and Dragons is pretty boring. 
there is there is a problem with it in that the action of just turning up and rolling dice to see if you hit and then doing damage isn't itself very exciting. No, it's the story I, around I that. Agree. It's not like it's not like playing your MMOs, which is fun to it's fun to push the buttons that make people die. Mm. But also, there's more interactivity in combat in computer mm. games. Yeah, and you can afford to get more granular. Exactly, yeah, because you've got more complicated builds and the mm-hmm. like. Um, so maybe it's just that D&D really isn't the system for it. Like, when I did it, what would you we, do? there wasn't really a whole bunch of other systems I knew about at the time no. that did combat. But now there's a lot of stuff that does really intricate combat. What? But like, but, but for PvP? But yeah, you can run PvP with a lot of things. I mean, like for instance, um, Emberwind just finished on Kickstarter. Oh, this is your new baby, isn't it? This is this this, this is my new game crush. This is yeah. Is that Chris legit fancies Emberwind? Oh, oh, there's so Why many. Don't you rules, and Emberwind everyone. get a fucking rule, rule, rule. rule. I'd love I love an extra rule. Um, it, it's so granular and it's so beautiful. Chris got in touch um, with me about Emberwind, and he was like, "Okay, I think I love this game." And he just PM'd me. He 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 PM'd me a screenshot of the game. Which was uh, one a character who could who, who can put damage over time effects on someone. I'm like, okay, well that's fine. And then two, you can choose to detonate those damage over time effects for extra oh, damage. It's so beautiful. And I, I can't think of anything I care about less. Oh, I, was, I guess my taxes. I was turgid throughout. Mm, yeah, that, that is Chris's bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, like five E is a bit. I don't want to say simplistic because it's just not simplistic. But it doesn't provide enough specificity. I think I think you could have you could probably have quite a lot of fun if everyone played fighters, honestly. Yeah. Because you've got combat maneuvers and stuff and like you've got turn to turn like you you probably like gen up level four, level five fighters, and then have combat maneuvers, so it's oh I'm gonna push this guy here, I'm gonna dodge here, I'm gonna take an extra movement here, that sort of thing, rather than oh, I'm a warlock, so I'm just gonna turn off all the lights in the room. Yes, that's very true, and also like the um, the environment plays a huge role in those games. No, that's that's very true. Like you need places where there's pits, where there's mm. spikes, and all that sort of stuff. And also, don't just make it one on one. No, have a square arena with with a player on each starting in the middle of each wall. Mm-hmm. You and also then want then you've got oh. that awful thing of like risk style alliances, mm-hmm. where it's like, yes, I'll help you get Papua New Guinea. Mm. And then you just decimate them. You also want house robots, like in Robot Wars. Yes. Your Sir Killer Lots, your um, whatever the wedge one was. Which are actually remote control cars, those little tiny ones. Well, I, I, I suppose they'd bump be... the minis. <laughs> I was thinking, like, at least normal size. Like, like human-sized robots. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably better. Uh, that, that's kind of fun. Like you, just, you just put down a little chargey with a scoop attached to it. <laughs> one of those cars that can only turn left. But they can turn left very quickly. Yes, like you, you can quickly pop in three lefts. <laughs> or you could use those those ones that we used to have in science classes, where you you program in like forwards, forwards, left, right, forwards. Bloody hell! You had that in science class. We barely had fucking fire at my school. <laughs> we had a single Bunsen burner, and we turned it on once a year. I used to I used to fill the Bunsen burners at um, my secondary school with iron filings. I mean, you went to a special secondary school in a field, though, from what I can remember. I did. Yeah. But it was entertaining, because as soon as somebody turned them on, the, it, drag, it drags the iron filings up and through the fire, and you get, like, a firework 
sparkle. That's, that's that, I mean, fun's one word to describe that, yeah. It's non-harmful. And it won't set fire to anything. Just don't put okay. your face over it, which you yeah, shouldn't yeah, do yeah. anyway. I mean, uh, that way, what you're doing is providing a, a, a useful extracurricular lesson. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Iron filings look rad. No, and also don't put your face directly over Bunsen burners when you light them. That's fair, yeah. Gavin. <laughs> you idiot. You eyebrowless idiot. <laughs> you blank-faced moron. <laughs> I I think that you can you, you can have a lot of fun, but you have to be. I think also like if you're putting it into a if you're putting it into a into an existing world, like what they're fighting for is interesting. And I think like you could probably have more fun. Like okay, so we're fighting, and we're going to say everything's non-lethal here. So you've just got your characters, and they're going to have a they're going to have a Barney. Hmm. But the problem with D and D, especially the, the, the problem with D and D is it's not built for one on one fighting, or it's not built for alliances in that way. What it's built for is five people fighting one big thing. Yes. And so your your powers have synergy, and you've got you've got buffs and debuffs, and so like a cleric, unless they're built to to um, to rock socks, as it were, they're just <laughs> they're mainly there to sort of make everyone else have a better time. Well, imagine being a bard in an arena battle. Oh man, just sitting at the back playing the banjo. Oh, jings. Like, like I guess, I guess you could inspire competence in everyone else, hoping they'll kill each other faster. Yes, and then you just got to deal with this one roided out um, fighter. <laughs> you do your um, sonic yorp at them until they die. <laughs> <laughs> just make them real melancholy. Mm. So I just hope they just sit down in the corner and everyone just declares you the winner. I think the other the other fun thing uh, there's there's one thing you should always put in any sort of game, um, any situation you're in. Two words: emplaced weapons. <laughs> it's tremendous fun having like a ballista yes. in place that you can just walk over to and shoot within a certain arc. Mm, yeah, and so and so like if if you could, if you can convince people to fight in like in the corridor of this ballista and then like I don't know high elf teleport away and fire it at one of them. Spear them both. That's fun. Another thing you need. Also, one word. Yeah, it's one word. A ringmaster. That's two words. Ringmaster's one word. There you go. You so you said a uh, ringmaster. Go on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. You need you need somebody doing good announcements over Ooh. the top. Lions. Yes. Trapeze artists. <laughs> Just make it a full circus. An elephant. Popcorn. A, a sad elephant that doesn't want to be there. Clowns. A chariot full of clowns. Dodgy stevedores. <laughs> it's not the docks. Oh, we, we used to have water circuses when I was growing up. Oh, okay. Wet damp circuses. <laughs> <coughs> and they go on down the river to the next city. Mm, paddle boats ahoy. Hamster balls. What? You shrink down their balls to the size of no. You put you put them you put one or more of them in big hamster balls, which are all around the arena. Okay. So it it means that their attack is hamster ball, right? And maybe like they can buff themselves or something, but like they can't use most of their normal tactics because they're in a giant rolling sphere. So what you're doing is you're taking a fighter and you're giving them less options per attack. Well, they can steer the ball. Yes, that is true. Uh, or like, maybe, okay, maybe if you do, if you don't put them in the hamster balls, but you have big rolling spheres full of big hamsters. Well, of course. 
made in one of, of those like, mazes with lots of holes in it when you have to go back to the beginning. So the hamster's trying to get out. Yeah, they're just they're just chill. They're just trying to get out. But you're so is, way. is it gyroscopically stabilized, or is that is that rolling around inside as well? Because that that might provide a problem to the hamster. Yeah, it's real difficult. Maybe a spider. <laughs> that is that is an interesting idea because you've got like the the whole thing's like the, the whole thing's a maze and it's covered in in tiny little holes. So my apologies for your triggering your phobia. Um, but there's a maze inside and it's full of spiders. So if you stop it moving for a long time, the spiders start to escape. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of want it to stay in motion to confuse the spiders. That could be that could be awful when they just all swarm. Mm, or it's a fast-moving, fragile-looking sphere, and um, when it hits you, you take damage, it breaks, and it was actually full of crocodiles. Or just like a gelatinous cube. Just, well, like, they were all they were all sort of curled up around each other, having a sleep, and now they're angry because they're woken up. <laughs> full of broken glass. <laughs> I figured it was like, you know, uh, wafer. <laughs> wafer? I'm trying to think of something breakable that wouldn't hurt a crocodile. Like that, like that sugar glass they use in movies. Yeah, precisely. So I've just... got a question. Okay. Coca-Cola contains spent coca leaves, which have had the cocaine extracted for medical use, mostly eye surgeries. That's the question name. That's the asker. Right. So that's weird. They write in. How do we make spellcasting interesting instead of just a long list of game widgets? How do we make it have narrative oomph? Bonus points if you can avoid making non-magic users pointless. Hmm. So I guess the problem here is that essentially spellcasting is just picking from a list, do a thing. It also lets you break the rules of the universe. Yes. Um, so what if we took the abilities from spells and moved them away from that rote list into a different format? Go on. So what if we made uh, material components important and interesting? Good luck on the second one. Right now, you're gonna have to you have to hang on tight for this. Uh, grip it, grip it. Um, what if uh, crushed diamonds mm -hmm. did electricity? Right. So you've got now got crushed diamonds, okay. and you know that the spell's going to have electricity in it. Gotcha. You now need a feather material component to give it distance. Mm -hmm. So then you've got lightning bolt. Right. So it's all about mixing the material components in certain recipes to make them do certain things. I see. That kind of like Magicka did for video games. Yes, or um, Eternal Darkness. Yeah, so you, you activate the ray part of a spell, mm. and then you activate fire, and you've got a lance of fire that you shoot out. So I, try, I actually tried writing a system like this on the train over the weekend. Okay. Uh, and I on, on the train back, I was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to write this. It's going to be great. We're going to have a proper... Oh, wait, this is just a generic role-playing system, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, shit. Because we've already got one of those. It's the most popular role-playing game system in the world. So we don't really need another one? No, but I mean, this is, this is just <coughs> a different magic system for that. Yes, I, I think that it's it's tricky doing um, modular spells in that way, and like a lot of place, a lot a lot of games have tried a lot of a lot of um, like build your own spells or build your own magic, and that's kind of I mean it's how they write spells for D and D as well, you know, like they have like they just they just sort of eyeball a level on it, 
but it's like, oh, well, what sort of range can it have at this level? How far can it, um, how far does the effect go? How much damage does it do? What sort of side effects does it have, etc.? I think I worry that any sort of build your own spell thing is going to be slow, or pre or it's going to end up with certain rote spells you wind up doing all the time, and it's going to end up pretty much indistinguishable from standard D and D. I guess, but I think there's an element of like, say, for instance, if you wanted a spell to have um, range and you needed mm -hmm. a feather, a pigeon feather, which is ah. incredibly easy to come across, I'll, gives I'll it five, gives it five foot. Yeah, okay, I'll get you one square. Yeah. Whereas the feather from an ancient rock mm -hmm. would give you a hundred foot. That's kind of fun. So if you want to just keep doing fifteen foot lightning bolts, that's mm -hmm. fine. Three pigeons. <laughs> no, no, because you're going to use one per. per well, thing. Three so, there's three different pigeons, Chris. Don't worry. Okay, um, but the idea being that you have different components of mm. different rarities to do different things. So you'd need a rarer feather than just a pigeon, which you'd run out of. Mm. And you'd have to keep finding stuff. And that makes the, the reliability of non-magic users mm. much more potent, because they can always yeah. do their shit. And also, like, they can... Like, it gives you the capacity to have valuable things to you, which, which like, let's say, for example, oh, I've got a bunch of feathers here. Yeah. I'll sell these to you, magic user. Or... I've nicked the magic user's feathers, but it gives you a way of interacting with the system in terms of providing these things to someone who then outputs them into spells. Yeah, and it makes um, rogue combat pickpocketing really viable. <laughs> that is kind of... I, I, I like the idea, or, or, or like like um, mage-handing uh, magical components out of someone's pockets to try, and, um, to try and have a war, and you end up sort of combat juggling against each other. Yeah, that's great. That's kind of neat. I want to make magic... Magic less science, okay. Because magic invariably ends up as science because there's a system, there's yeah. a way that, and like you can have chance or what have you. But the idea is that there is a there is a system that you do, and there is oh, if we put in this much, so let's let's say for example with your system, a pigeon's feather gives us five foot of reach on yeah. a spell. Cool, okay. But once you do that, it becomes much less exciting. In terms yeah. of magic, it becomes... It's, a, it, it, it's a lot easier to write down. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. It's a lot easier to balance. It's a lot easier to make rules about in games. And I think I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have... Um, I want to have it unknowable and strange. So every time that you do that you do magic, you're bargaining with something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. So for clerics, it's your god. For warlocks, it's your patron. For sorcerers, it's your you know granddad, who's a dragon. Just your mum. Your your mum who was a wishing mom. well, <laughs> mum, just calling her up. Can I have a fireball, mum? Oh, you've had three this week. <laughs> <clears throat> Not giving you any more till March. I, mum, it can be my Christmas and birthday present. <laughs> Do you remember the audacity of, of the Christmas and birthday present combo? Yeah, that was that was. I, I think I think I pulled it off once. And like you, you'd, you'd end up getting to a point of desperation where it would just be. It could be my Christmas and birthday present. It's one Mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just so it's desperate. A, it's a big one. It's one of those duos. 
So you're beseeching, you're beseeching something greater than yourself for magic, and like for wizards, I guess there's you'd have to come up with what it is because with wizards, it's 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 very um, well hermetic is the is the word I suppose, but very cold and scientific, and oh, I'm going to do these certain things which unlock these certain secrets of the universe. It's like no, I want that to be big and scary. Yeah, I want there to be no real understanding, and I'm basically I want to beseech shit. And so when I when I have that hawk feather, what I'm doing is saying, hey. Magical uh, overwinds. I know you like hawk feathers, and I know that you like hawk feathers in terms of making things go further. And then the GM rolls three d ten to see how far your spell goes. Right, and, and but more special feathers would give you more dice. Yeah, that would give you more dice, or it would give you a higher percentage chance of the spell working, or it would give you a higher percentage chance of the spell doing what you wanted. Right. Rather than something like rather than unpleasant side effects, and like you get loads of unpleasant side effects. Yeah, I mean the only issue with that is that a fighter's turn's going to take three seconds, and a mm-hmm. mage's turn's going to take half an hour. That is fair. It does it does mean that you should just play mages rather than fighters. Yeah, but I think that's kind of true anyway. Yeah, but I mean the question did have bonus points if you can avoid making non-magic users pointless. Well, we don't always get bonus points. No, that's true. I think also you could have um, get one thing which I don't see enough of, which I really like in terms of um, like when I'm reading books or what have you, is a fighter or a rogue who knows a couple of tricks magic-wise. So like a rogue who knows the knock spell, or a, a yeah. rogue who knows how to whisper a lock open, or a fighter who knows how to uh, yell wounds closed. Yeah, I mean, non-magical magic, essentially, is is really interesting in characters. Yeah. Um, When you have things that essentially are spells, Mm -hmm. but it's like lock-ken. Yeah. You know? Um, And you can speak to locks. Or lucky charms, which which function as as mage armor. Yeah, they're like these one-trick spells... But there are physical items for you. And I guess that's kind of what they tried to do with the Use Magic Device. But yeah. it didn't have the same tone. Well, I mean, Use Magic Device, is, from what I can tell, it basically makes you into a Special Forces soldier. Yeah. That I can use Wanda Fireball, but I can't cast Fireball. Also, I think that's the least exciting skill name. Yeah. Like, I think, like, sorry, obviously the, the idea of a magic anything is fun. But to use the, the, the phrase Use Magic Device is mm. so dry... Consume in the, drink. In the it lets yeah, that's true. Thanks, Wolfrop. Anyway, <laughs> um I think yeah, um either make it more or less complex. That's <laughs> yeah, our answer. Either go just pick an extreme. Yeah, I GM, either you have no input or too much input. Chris, ask me a question. Sam asks, if you could make a role playing game with a collectible card component, how would you do it? Well I'd sell it in America. Well, yes. God, they'd lap that up, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they just? But if you could make a game with a collectible collectible card component, how would you do it? So the trick trick here is role-playing games are not inherently competitive. No. So we need to break that. Well, we need to try. We need to try and come up with some sort of trick because collectible card games work because you want certain cards of different rarities, which let you build certain decks, which have fun synergies, which then let you beat other people. Yeah. However, that isn't how role playing games work, except in Pathfinder. <laughs> Pretty true. much every 
so I'm I, I'm on the Pathfinder subreddit, and there are two kinds of posts. There's one which is um. I'm running this uh, this adventure path, and I don't understand the spoilers for Rise of the Rune Lords. And two is I've made this horrendously broken character. Look at it. <laughs> Can I get this past the judges in Pathfinder Society? I've got to say, also, I'm really sorry about the voice I gave the Pathfinder GM there. Yeah. Can I can can I try a different voice of the Pathfinder GM? You can, yes. Hi, I'm uh, running Rise of the Rune Lords, and I'm just a little confused. Maybe you could come up to my room when we could smoke some fine cigars and drink some brandy and talk about the finer points of CR. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's better. Thank you. I was I just, just looking at the waveform of that very feathery waveform. <laughs> nice. The You'd be looking at Pathfinder and um, 3.5 and ways in giving um, ways of giving people the capacity to get stuff which other people didn't have. Because that's that's the fun part, right? You play a lot of MMOs. That's the point of MMOs, right? Yeah, 100%. To, to, to show people your cool toys. Oh, yeah. So I guess you'd be looking at things like you get you get a magic sword and it wouldn't be, like, there wouldn't be, like, perhaps, there wouldn't be a unique sword because it's possible for another player to have that card in your group, but you get different swords of different of different powers, and crucially, because you have a GM, you don't really need to worry about balancing it. Mm. The GM can has as as I always say, infinite bees. <laughs> Too many bees. Too anything. many bees. They can fill any situation with bees until you die, even if it's just from weight of bees, weight and heat of bees. Bee heat but is a genuine problem. That's how they kill things. It's really cute. They just cuddle things to death. I guess it's not that cute. It's not cute, can't they? Cook things. That's, that, that is how I want to die. Cooked by bees? Yeah. All right. A I'll natural, organic death. Oh, yeah, I was hoping, hoping you could sort that out for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah well, I'll get that done within the week. No, like, but like, if I if I come to a point in my life where like, well, perhaps I've got a terminal illness, or it's like, well, I've decided it's time to you know gracefully end my life, you just fill my fill my hospice room with bees. Well, God, I've only got these bees for another week, mate. So make a choice. <laughs> you might want to catch something. <laughs> I've got to give these bees back. But there are there are a certain number of games that set precedent here. It's Thornwatch. Like, there's Thornwatch, but there's also the old World of Warcraft CCG. That was quite good fun, that. It was quite good fun, um, but also it did cooperative raids, where you'd mm. have a deck that was the boss that would play itself, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there would be, you know, one to five of you all teaming up against it. I, didn't, I thought it had a player. I thought it was like, like there was a GM player who played the, the red dragon in their lair. There, yeah, I mean, that's the best way to play it, but you could oh, okay. play it by just turning cards over and playing it that way. Sure. Um, but that was very much more, I've played this this henchman. Mm. Um, rather than, I'm now using my cleave attack yeah. type card. Yeah, so you, I guess you had the, a full party. The closest is the, the current uh, darling video game, Slay the Spire. Tell me of Slay the Spire, because I know it shares a, a, a name with our um, role-playing game, mm. which makes SEO quite difficult for us. It does, rather. Um, what, what am Slay the Spire? Well, essentially, you've got, you go up a spire, try to get to the top, killing mm-hmm. things on the way, and your mm-hmm. deck, your attacks is made up of a deck 
are things like stab, right, throw magic missile, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and every time you 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 kill stuff, you get a chance of getting new cards. There's shops mm-hmm. where you can buy more cards, so you 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 build a deck as you go on. Okay. Um, and you have to kind of pick uh, a specialism fairly early, depending on what cards you've unlocked. Right. So if you've got a lot of power attack cards, you might sort of push your deck that way yeah. and sacrifice the rapid attack cards. Because you know, it's more optimal to yeah. do the thing. Yeah, okay. Um, something fun there. Also, also, also like kind of Gloomhaven. Works. Yes, Gloomhaven That's as well. Just uses cards from what I can tell. Yes. It's also the world, it's literally the world's largest board game, no exaggeration. And they're releasing it on PC. That makes See, much more sense. Single player only. That makes no sense. None. Why is it single player only? I don't know, Grant. Why is it single player only? It's you just bonkers. go into you just go into the console and you set multiplayer to yes. Right. That's, that's just how it works. I don't know how hard it can be. It's not like they're going to make the physics fucking work. No, it's a board game. <sighs> oh, I might have played that. Yeah. <laughs> I might have made you. Yeah. I. I think there's something fun to be had around the idea of um, I've got my cards here, but I can play them face down and do basic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you remember we had? Do you remember I wrote Prime Time Murder Justice? Yes. A while ago, and we had we had those big decks, and there was uh, um, like movement, shooting, fighting, and special. And certain classes were allowed to play certain cards, but you could always play them face down and make a basic attack. I kind of like the idea of, of of you have these cards and you've got some like some which are consumable and some which are some which are shuffled back into your deck or like go in the bottom of your deck so like for encounter cards and mm-hmm. some which go into your graveyard and you've got the capacity to like it would be we're going on an adventure and this is our like this is us trying to level up over this adventure and then at the end of the game you'd you know you'd you'd build the deck in in a different way I think. I, I, I worry it's going to be hard to make people buy cards when they could just play D&D. Yeah, that is the problem. I mean, um, there's the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Yes, that's which true. Which I've played quite a bit of. Hmm. Um, but what that does is that gives you a sword and then your character makes an attack using the numbers on the, the card. Right, okay. Rather than the card being the attack. Gotcha. It's an item. Yeah, yeah, they're just item cards. It's, it's, and it's, it's an output. Tops. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. Um, and it honestly, it drags. Yeah. It's real slow, um, especially if you're playing any of the later ones where they suddenly gone. ah, people, have, people know how to play it by now. I just bung in some really complex rules with not quite <laughs> enough words to explain them. One thing I would like to see more of is, um, one, one thing which I really enjoyed playing in Malifaux, Mm. Was the way in which like certain actions and characters had synergy around each other? Yes, and something which they're trying to do in the new uh, Warhammer and the new uh, uh, Age of Sigma. It's not working there, but it's the... definitely not Malifaux level. No, but in terms of Malifaux, saying okay, cool. So it like these these characters inflict condition X, and this other character can get a bonus to targets with condition X on them. Mm-hmm. And so building a group around that, I'd really like to see like the level of synergy, um, like that level of synergy or more, because we can afford to have icons on cars. We can afford to have a lot of data on cars, which you wouldn't want to have on a, on a like a basic attack 
which you just had written in your character sheet, so I can have my Warlord, and then I play my Warlord card, and then I've got the Inspiring keyword, and so anyone who plays while that card's on the table gets bonus damage, or I've got the capacity to cast spells which buff people in that way, and it all works off that sort of, oh, we have to work together to, to, to tackle this monster. Yeah. That would be really fun to do, I think. And, I mean, one of the nice things about a CCG as opposed to an RPG is that you can have so many more keywords in a CCG. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, the recent game Keyforge is a rather is that, interesting... Is that the, that's the one where every deck's unique, right? Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about that is that if you play somebody in that, they might have access to a rule, a rule that you've never seen before. That's kind of cool. Um, and and I, I like that part of it. Yeah. That's really cool. Like, what do you mean you can do that? Yeah, yeah, it's just these cards let me break the rules in this way. I'd also... Whereas I'd you also can't do that tempted. in an RPG. I'd be tempted to put in some role-playing as well. Because this is a role-playing game, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have uh, you'd have a card, and like uh, you'd play... The card would be, this reminds me of the time that... And you'd put that down. And then someone else would have the... And someone else would have... Would, you'd wait, and someone else would have the card. This reminds me of the time that... And when you play those, you both get a plus two bonus once you've acted out the scene that it reminded you of. That's, so you, you flash back. Yeah, or turns out we used to be married, or that <laughs> sort of really thing. Cool. But like, but having random elements of, of 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 backdrop, or like, or like, oh, actually, I've been here before, and it lets you establish things about the scene. Like using the using the idea we had from Paranoia, mm. where you gave characters narrative control over very tight elements of the scene, because otherwise, playing Paranoia is an exercise in masochism. Yeah, and you can even do stuff like affecting the environment. Yeah. Like, you can have acid pits open up as the floor ruptures. Yeah, and you can have them open precisely where you want them to be. Yeah, because you're playing the card. And, um, and, and and also, like just, 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 just very briefly, for narrative satisfaction, you could say, okay, on the first round I play this, GM, you have to mention there's an acid pit. And then the <laughs> second round, it opens up wherever I want it. So it's, so, so it's not just sudden acid pit, you've got the capacity to establish that? Yeah. Well, that's kind of exciting, actually. I quite like that. And plus, you've got the kind of the meta game level where you've got yeah. card trading. Yeah. Like, well, I'm building a fighter. These these cards are currently useless to me. Yeah. But they might be really useful to my party. That is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Now, would it? Oh, fuck. We need a publisher, don't we? <laughs> we need somebody who knows how to make a card game. You, you've played enough card games. I've seen cards. How hard could it be? That is that is exactly the correct amount of research for anything we do. Precise. It's the well correct the extant rather than correct. <laughs> it is accurate. Yeah, I got a question for you, Christo. Okay, Christo, Count of Monte Cristo. That's me. I want. Oh, sorry. Let me let me read the person's name. Captain Fancy, she's our hero, gonna bring your HP down to zero, writes, I want to get an entire RPG as a tattoo. Can you either talk me out of this awful idea, or advise me on writing the smallest possible game that isn't just roll above X to win? I think writing the smallest possible game just smacks of cowardice. Yeah, you wouldn't get Can a I suggest the entire Spire rulebook? Without. Like, I, don't think, I actually don't think we're licensed for, for tattoos of, of, of AD's art. Just, just, just the, just the text in, um, in eight point Garamond. Yep. Spiraling around your form. 
like I've got to say, like I think that would be actually quite becoming to find someone with an entire book tattooed on them. I think that'd be awesome. I'm but a I think huge fan of text tattoos. It's a bit like buying an arcade game. Like 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 Except buying it's a, f- a human life. Well, like like well, skin. It's like <laughs> it's like buying a full arcade cabinet, and let's say like it's like uh, I don't know Gallagher, right? Mm-hmm. And someone's like, oh, you must you must really like Gallagher. It's like, well, I used to, yeah. <laughs> I I just it's it's huge. I can't really do much with it. It's like, oh, you re- you must really like Pathfinder. Well, yeah, I guess. Not most so of the ru- now. Most of the rules are on parts of my body I can't see. But yeah, you need you need something that can fit on an index card, don't you? For this. Well, arm. Yes, but like sorry, in text form rather than in tattoo mm. form, you need you you can't have the entire text of Pathfinder. No. I I would very much recommend you get something with checkboxes, mainly because that's my design style, but also it lets you just it lets you tick them off on your skin and wash them off afterwards, which I think is fun. That is cool as hell actually. That's pretty neat. Or having or having like a having like a character name on your arm. I think so here's the thing. You it has to be complicated enough you can't just remember it. Yes, otherwise what's the point? Yeah. But then again, uh, like I can remember a picture and people have things tattooed on them. Like I can remember your tattoos, Grant. That's true, but I guess you couldn't recreate them perfectly. I can have a go. But, but you, you know could, what I mean. But like, you could recreate the rules of a of an index card game perfectly without looking at the, yeah. the tables at any point. Yeah, that's true. However, this isn't about that. This is about having something really cool written on your skin. So, um, one, we are not going to convince you not to do this, Captain. No, it's a genius idea. This is really... I wish I'd come up with it first. Mm-hmm. You're probably looking at something like... Probably get lasers and feelings. Something like that's like a full page, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. I, 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 okay, okay. Are we going to make it tattoo-themed? Or is that a bit... Is that a bit Tacky. I think one of the key elements here is that it needs to be something you want to play more than once. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Right. I don't think I don't think I want to play a tattoo themed game weekly. That's fair. It has to, it has to be quite adaptable. Yeah. Also, like you could maybe just use existing tattoos. So, like maybe have a game which is somehow based around Celtic bands. Yeah. Roses. The word mum. Oh well, that's it. You get a really simple um, stars like, everyone got in the nineties. You get a really simple, um, like black hack style game, mm. and you have it tattooed around a, a what looks like a Celtic band, but it's a dungeon. Oh shit! And then you have, and then you literally just play on your arm. So oh. you you just you track where you are in the dungeon around the the ring around your arm, Captain. You've got it wrong. Don't worry about the system. What you're going to do, you're going to become the world's first walking mega dungeon. <laughs> it starts off on your arm, and then from there we progress. And like and like by the time you get to the to the end of your index finger, you have to then touch a point on your thigh to join up. Which I presume <laughs> is some sort of teleport chamber. But no no, it's a movable dungeon, so you, you can <gasps> you can link up different bits on your legs by yes. putting your hands against it. Oh. Or like, or like, or like crossing your legs, and and then you've got the absolute best chat up nerd chat up lines ever, where it's like, we're going to play the not safe for work version. <laughs> what's what's going on here? All the uh, all the good treasures on my ass. Exactly, that's genius. <laughs> nice. 
that's kind of that would that would look pretty cool actually having a full dungeon tattooed on you and like and like and 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 possibly having some sort of um legend on your other arm so you can quickly gen up a random way through it and then you just challenge groups to run through your body dungeon yeah and then i guess i've sex with more or more of them yeah i mean who, who, whoever gets to the end of the dungeon i guess yeah how like any survivors are eligible <laughs> to pour any survivors <laughs> it's like it's like team of horrors great yeah. Oh there's, yeah, it's got it's got to be an absolute death trap. There's a doorbell that removes your arm. That's sort of Gagaxian jape. Yeah, and then all you need to do is just create shortcuts for the person you fancy. Yeah, winking, which yeah. Wink, like you wink and you link up a vent. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wink real hard because I don't want any eye, any eyelid tattoos. Eyelid to right knee. <laughs> get listen. Elbow to nose. If you if you can get my eyelid down to my right knee. You're in for a treat. <laughs> You're already three quarters of the way there. In dungeon terms, or both. <laughs> but that is a larger scale tattoo than I think they've asked for. Well, the one. Yes, that's fair. I think I think having 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 a, a dungeon on your body is really exciting, and would actually look pretty neat if you got it cross hatched properly. Also, what about a group tattoo where, like, you and five friends all have different dungeon rooms that link? Oh, and then and then like you uh, you hold hands. Yeah, and you just you just put your hands in different orders and your arms touching in different places to change the way the dungeon looks. Yeah, and then I guess someone yeah, like, that's that's really fucking cool. <laughs> I'm getting, Chris, Chris, do you want to get nearly matching tattoos? <laughs> well, no, we need to get very different tattoos in the same style. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry themed tattoos. Yeah. Um, Where would you like, get that done, though? Uh, on my butt, and you, you get it done on your butt, and then we just push <laughs> and we just mash our butts together. Just, just ass to ass, ass to ass, and then someone can play. <laughs> you just sort of. We could get it with proper five foot squares, and people sort of balancing <laughs> models on our big asses. That dice is cocked. <laughs> no, it's just the way my trousers are sitting. No, um, it's literally it's at an angle against your penis. Oh, okay. I see, nice. Ask me a question, Christopher. Ask me one more question, because I think we're nearly done with this episode. I think we are. Uh, the seasonal variant of Nathan has asked... Which, uh, before, before you... Sorry. Um, what is a seasonal variant of Nathan? Can we come up with anything? Well, it's, it's, it's Christmas Nathan, I guess. Like, I, I don't know what you're asking me here. Bells. No, that doesn't make, that's not that's not even the second line of that of that song. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Nathan bells, Nathan <coughs> bells, Nathan all the way. Asks, what's the worst? Oh no, that's different. Which RPG has the best setting? Ooh, I kind of prefer which which has the worst setting, so I can get my daily hate on. But I want to try to stay positive. <laughs> well, we, can, we can get into that in a minute. But I think. Which RPG has the best setting? It's a genuinely difficult question because there's a load I like, but that are actually pretty bad. Mm. Yeah, the one which I go back to is Dark Heresy. Yep, because I adore playing in that world, but it's not like coherent. No, like, it's it's good. so bonkers as a yeah. as a setting. Yeah, um, and it's. It's in that weird place where it's there's so much of it that you can shove in whatever you want and it still works. Mm-hmm. But also that some people know so much about it that you can be wrong about everything. 
It's like going. It's like going to the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking about in Waterdeep. Yeah, there's there's been so much written about it. You can get it wrong. Yeah, and it's an absolute nightmare. Let me take a quick look at my shelf. Glance, glance, askance at the shelf. Oh, there's, there's a chair in the way. Hang on. Ah, net. Unknown armies. I yep. really like the setting behind Unknown Armies in terms of the uh, the modern magic and the weirdness around that. But honestly, if I had to pick, and this is going to sound really weird, I think it's Paranoia. Really? I, I really hate Paranoia. Oh, I hate the rules. No, I hate I... the setting. Okay, I think it's really playful and fun. I think there's, like, in terms of... Um, I think if you look at it from a role-playing perspective, it's... The the ideas laid out in a role playing game and what actually happens around a table are very different mm-hmm. because like generally like you're, like you're playing um, like shining knights in hero armor or um, you're pl- or, or or vagabond scoundrels or keen wizards or dark magicians and then in what you're actually playing is about between three and five chaotic selfish assholes yeah. Who dick about, tell jokes, and have a laugh, and you you drink a bottle of wine, and you have some fun, and everyone goes home. And the thing about paranoia is that there's like the settings sort of taken that into account. So the setting is stupid, and there's a great deal of black humour, and you're allowed to just flat out kill player characters with very little with very little um, drum roll to it. Because they have replacements, and you have that level of slapstick humour. I think I think there's something really fun and playful, which gives the GM room to manoeuvre, and the players room to sort of lean into this ridiculous post-apocalyptic world, but they never, they never got to see the apocalypse. Yeah, I just... One of the things I really hate is a non-serious game. Well, my apologies for everything we've done. No, but where the setting is... is not taken seriously... Right, okay. Um, and paranoia, going for that, very much angling for that slapstick thing, mm-hmm. just really rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate how you can never be right in paranoia. It's impossible. That's that, that's the thing. Like what we what we are what the question was what is the best setting? And as far as I'm in, as, as far as I'm concerned, the setting of paranoia is a really good place to play role playing games in because it comes with an acceptance of the tropes. And it lampoons them. However, what is your answer? I guess something like Ravenloft. Yeah, that is much better, isn't it? Because Ravenloft gives you that freedom. Mm. I mean, admittedly, it's it's set in a gothic horror-tinged area. But you can stray from that really heavily if you want to. And it, in fact, pushes you to in certain places. Mm. It gives the DM an immense amount of control to just do whatever the hell they want. Aye. And shove anything in, and and be in that place of dark humor, mm. and understanding the tropes of the genre. But it does so in an entertaining way, in a way that you can be right, but it is difficult. I think that the, the, my favorite thing about Ravenloft is that it one, it's every gothic horror thing mashed together. Yeah. But two, it coheres, and it's like it's like well, you just go through the mist, and you can go through the mist because you're special, and other people can't really go through the mist. Mm. So you get to effectively genre hop. You get to go between these stories and experience these different worlds. And so you can just... It just lets you run with this looseness while the story coheres. And that's really fun. I really like that. 
yeah and like when you contrast that to things like say planescape where you're you're hopping planes all the time mm. it's not as coherent a game no because there's too much every, going on there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's no there's no core inspiration for planescape and there's an overriding tone of ravenloft mm. that ties everything together mm. uh, 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 uh. maybe that's that going to be overriding yeah. tone yeah yeah except for the fact that you know one of the dark lords of one of the realms now is a were badger um whose name is Azrael. God, I hope that's the noise they make. <laughs> it's going to be close, right? I figure they growl. Yeah, they must do. But they're kind of—they're quite small creatures. What a badger compared to like a like a a bear? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that wasn't that wasn't much of an compared argument, to a it? lot of things. I'm fairly tiny. I, well, b- badgers are like they're like small dog size, don't they? They're bigger than my dog. Your dog's quite small. Yeah. But it's bigger than my dog, Grunt. That's not okay, a... Look. look, all the badgers I've fought have been quite small. Oh, okay. Were they children? <laughs> yeah. Not even badger children. <laughs> They're just kids. Painted just, black and white. It was a face-painting event that really got out of hand. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, they so shouldn't I, have let me in there. I did kill Spider-Man. <laughs> Finally. J. Jonah Jameson would be proud. I got a lot of pictures. <laughs> You monster. I, I find few things funnier than a child with Spider-Man face paint. Yep. Because that it's crucial that you have the rest of the outfit. Yes, and they're just like wearing normal, like Nike. And they're just like they've 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 got their party clothes on, so like they've got like, you know, like a nice pair of jeans and maybe like a check shirt, and then they're painted up as spider they've got a full face of red face paint with spider webs drawn on it. And it just does like a tiger, I can sort of get because you're like, Oh, I see, you're a wear tiger. Yeah. The best thing, though, is when people get pictures of things on their face. Go on. Like, I was I was at one of our country fairs sometime mm-hmm. this year that we have in the village. Like, it's real rural. And there and was I've a face-painting booth. And, you know, you had the people coming away, like Spider-Man, like Batman, etc. Mm-hmm. That's all fine. Batman? Yeah. That's just black paint over half their face. Pretty much, yeah. But with spikes on the forehead for the, for the ears. Do they, so do they mount the spikes on the forehead? No, they paint the spikes. So they just leave the forehead uncovered? Yeah, so it's just like an eye band. That's, that's terrible. Batman will be upset. Yeah, I'm, I'm explaining how bad this face painting thing is. I think, you, I think you need to write into the council and complain. I'm not trying to sing its praises. Go on. But they came, one person came out, like it was an adult came out, <laughs> with a face that was white, but a tiger on it, like a full tiger. So the head was on the forehead, the tail was on the chin, and it was kind of crouching on the right-hand side of their face. I'm kind of more into that. And How the, bad the, the, did it the, look? Oh, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, face painting for me has always been painting a mask on a face. Essentially, yes. um, glorified makeup. Yes. Rather than, I'm going to do some clouds and maybe a happy little tree. See, I quite I quite like ones which are just sort of face ornaments, not right. like a full tiger, but like oh, I'm going to paint a flower on on the corner of someone's head, or I'm going to oh, like yeah, do a cool funny. eye, that sort of thing. That I really want more of. Mm. Like if I could put two things into fashion: one, face business, and two, utkature armor. Yeah, not enough pauldrons on the runways. No, very. Occasion- Occasionally you, f- you see like a leather pauldron, but come on, lads. 
Hey, give me a helmet. We'll have a bard on this. Yeah. Shields. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine a Dolce & Gabbana shield. Oh, dang. How they're great. It's not designed to be hit. Of course it isn't. But it also will carry all of your everyday things. You can your just hang goes them off the in back. There. Be great. Yeah, you got little zips on the back. Bring back the wearing of rapiers. Uh, I'm not okay. I'm not sure I want to arm rich people. Well, we'd arm everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Then culture. everyone's safe. You know, yeah, knife. Yeah, that is true. Actually, yeah. There's, a, there's only one thing that stops a bad guy with a gun: a good guy with a sword. Exactly. Just put the put the put the tip down the barrel and swish it around. <laughs> and the bullet can come out. Foul the bullet. Chris, <laughs> I think we're done. I think I think we might be. Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Um I think can can we can we think of a way to make like the plugs and the outro more interesting? Because it's always the same. It is always the same. And I think I think people know it by now, which is the sad part. Well that's the thing, people know it by now. But also I always so like I, I listen to my brother, my brother and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I know you can't really tolerate. No, but not at all. that's fair. Uh, they have quite irritating voices, most mm-hmm. of them. And the uh, the oldest one, he wraps up every episode by saying, oh, "That's that's gonna that's gonna just about do it for us." And then they have six minutes talking about how wildly successful they are and where all their shows are, where all their live shows are happening. <laughs> Jesus. And, I reckon that they could just put in six minutes of dead air after Justin says, "Well, that's going to do it for us," and I would have no idea because <laughs> you just stop it. Yeah, they could ju- they could just not record the last part of every podcast. Yeah, and I worry that's what that's worry that's what, that's what people are doing with us. So like, so so once I say thank you very much, listen to Hard. No thanks, no thanks, I'm boys. Done. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not giving you any money for this. I'm getting this for free. Putting this in my <laughs> podcast bank. <laughs> Gonna ride around on my big tricycle. <laughs> big Honk- little boys out. Honking my horn. <laughs> so yeah, uh, don't skip this because there's gonna be such gold. Oh, like, like you wouldn't believe. If you like this, you can give us some money. You can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. Put a little song in there. Yeah, that was it. That was that was the treat. That was the treat. Yeah. Thanks for staying. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so if you like this, you can give us some money. We have a lovely, we have a lovely uh, Discord community. You can come and hang out. Uh, we also have a Twitter H- at HDF Podcast, and you can send us an email to heartydosefriends at gmail.com if you have a big old juicy fat boy question that you can't fit in the normal channels. I think that's us. That is. Hopefully, next week I will not be dying still you're dying less i'm dying less but it's it's still a gradient towards death what was wrong with your body i don't know contagion all of the above plague Mm. we love you we have got you a christmas present it is a don't tell him you ruined the surprise i'm describing the box okay it's a dog-shaped box. <laughs> and you can't open it until Christmas. Please open it beforehand. The dog is very uncomfortable. When I say nope. dog-shaped... When I say dog-shaped, I mean we've made it into the shape of a dog. It's not like I've dog-sized. I've painted a dog. <laughs> I've covered a dog in cardboard. Drugged it, but not enough. And put it under a tree, which I hope is yours. And it will be there for a, a number of days. Please save this dog. At least give it water. It needs water to live. No, no it's Christmas. Christmas presents don't drink. 
Fica para everyone. We love you. Bye.